The following program is furnished by Startup Nation Media Group. Welcome to this edition of Startup Nation Radio, brought to you as always by Pappas Financial. And speaking of Pappas Financial, not as always, never as much as we like, but as much as we can get them, we love having Norm Pappas co-host the show. Norm, welcome to Startup Nation Radio. Always glad to be here with you, Jeff. All right, it's great. You've been doing an amazing job bringing some real A-lister guests to Startup Nation Radio. We're thrilled that you've been able to do that. We featured some great stories, and today's going to be, you're, you're on a roll, and I know uh, today's going to continue that streak. So let me give you a little sneak preview. Please, please. All right. So Ron Lish will be first, and Ron started with some major companies, Burroughs, Siemens, and decided in 2005 to become an entrepreneur. So why did he do that? We're going to learn. And then Paul Dieters will be on after. And Paul's part of a family business. And so did he go in right away? Did he get experience somewhere else? Both of these stories are excellent stories, and both of these guys are really good business people. Okay, right on. Lots to learn from each of them and much to be inspired by as well. So let's start with Ron and his story. His company is Cortec. He's uh, one of the original founders and continues to lead the company today as its CEO and major shareholder. Norm, you picked Ron to be on the show. And of course, we have a limited number of people we can have on the show. You picked him specifically. Again, just tell us the essence of why you wanted to share Ron's story, and then we'll get right into Ron. We'll bring him on the show and get right into it. Yeah. So with COVID, everybody's coping with working from home. This is a specialty he has, and he was doing it way before COVID came. And he's had great success starting with three employees to 100. That's a story we need to learn. All right. Let's get right into it. Thank you, Norm. Thank you, Ron Lish. Welcome to Startup Nation Radio. Thank you, Jeff. It's good to have you on. You got big shoes to fill. Norm Norm says your story's one worth hearing. We're excited about it, going from three employees to 100. You were indeed ahead of the curve with respect to the kind of the product and service offerings that Cortec offered prior to COVID. I know you've gotten a big boost from it. Let's go back, though, before we get into COVID. How did the company get started? How and why? Give us kind of the backstory. Tell, you know, fill us in a little bit about you and why you're doing what you're doing. So, yeah, like Norm said, I've actually worked for two Fortune 100 companies, uh, uh, Burroughs, which, which became Unisys shortly after I started, and then... Uh, and Siemens. So, um, and, and those were really great experiences, but the reason I, I kind of launched Cortec was I, I really wanted to have more influence on, on who I work with. And, and when you can pull together people with high integrity that really know their stuff, work becomes uh, really enjoyable and what you can accomplish is really unlimited. So, what we've tried to do over the last 15 years is really build a culture committed to attracting, you know, and retaining the best people. I think it's such an amazing thing. And I know Norm mentioned this to me too. When you're at a big company uh, like those that you have served prior to you making that decision to take the leap and become an entrepreneur and have a company, lead a company of your own, it's always so amazing to me. I mean, you were obviously living a good life in a, in a, in a good position, strong position, uh, earning a good living. And, you know, can you, can you think back and maybe just paint the picture for us of what that was like, that decision, that moment of decision? Because I know so many people out there who have, well, I guess we can call it job security. You know, I know that means something different with every passing day. But, but you know, when you're in a strong corporate position, you have that quote-unquote job security, you make that decision to go out and run a company of your own. That's a huge risk. I mean, did you 
at what point in your life did you make that decision? And can you kind of paint the picture for us of what it was like when you made the decision? Yeah, so I didn't make the decision until, gosh, I was almost 40. Um, but I had been stewing on it for forever. And, uh, and yeah, I, I had a nice set of golden handcuffs on, so it was, it was a big leap. But my, my dad owned a business. He, was a, uh, he owned a small truck dealership. And uh, I always thought that was, uh, was really cool. So it was something that I think I was going to do, and, and I just I don't think I would have been happy uh, if I didn't at least give it a shot. And so you had your r- radar open, you know, to possibilities. You were aware of possibilities crossing your desk, if you will. And how did the Cortec, how did that come to play out? So, um, yeah, I mean, o- over the, the course of the 90s, especially being in the technology field, I saw I saw a lot of opportunities and, what well, I should have done this, I should have done that, because um, you see all these technology waves. But, um yeah, and actually in, in 03, I, I quit my job and I, I did some real estate development and, uh, and, and actually had, had some success with that, but it wasn't something that I was going to do long term. So I, I had sold a pretty good-sized project in, in 2005 and, and decided, wow, I'm going to do something else. And uh, um, I had been out of the tech business for a couple of years by that point, and uh, um, and got together with a couple couple former colleagues and, and actually had one of them highly encouraged me to hey let's get let's get back to doing what we used to do um, when we were a smaller company and because my second fortune 100 experience was with Siemens and that I actually started in tech in a very small company that got bought out bought out bought out and next thing I, I know I'm working for Siemens so we were trying to get back to that that small company feel sure so I said, well, let's, let's give her a go. That's amazing. You know, there's two things Ron said, Jeff, that are important for entrepreneurs. One, he wanted to pick his clients, and two, he wanted unlimited potential. And he got it, and he was a risk taker enough to go take that leap. Norm, that's the thing about you. You're, you're able to pick out those salient key points, you know, those key things. And you're absolutely right, Norm. And those are things people need to hear. You know, everyone becomes an entrepreneur for their own reasons. But in the end, you know, there's only a few, a few broad reasons or buckets of where those reasons fall. Being able to pick your clients, being able to do your own thing, be your own boss, maintain your own schedule, you know, uh, have a shot at making the big bucks. You know, all those things are the kinds of things we think about entrepreneurs. But I, I love that idea of being able to pick the people you work with, both on the client side and the, obviously the staff, the staff side. Uh, that's interesting. I mean, I, I, I think that you're, you know, you made the point, Ron, that going to work is something that's really enjoyable when you're working with people you respect and like. And I think that's something, Norm, thank you for underscoring that, something people need to hear and pick up on. Listen, I want to hear, when we come back from this break, we're going to run to a break. I, we want to hear the story of, okay, so you made, you made the decision to make this leap. You're making the leap. Uh, you've got your company started. You know what you're going to do. You've got your other founders with you. You've got a, a, a business plan, if you will. You know, we want to hear how the company did go indeed from that idea to now 100 employees strong and really on a roll. So much so that Norm Pappas picked to feature you on Startup Nation Radio. Listen, Norm, hold your question. We're coming back right after the break. We're going to get right to you, Norm. You'll kick it off for us with your comment or question for Ron. Stick with us. 
Welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. We've got Norm Pappas co-hosting today. We're thrilled to have you, Norm. Again, doing such a great job bringing great guests to Startup Nation Radio and uh, always bringing your intelligence and wisdom to the show as well. We've got Ron Lish with us, and Ron is a successful entrepreneur, built a company called Cortec, all the way from idea to great levels of success today. And Norm, we've been featuring Ron's story and that of Cortec, and I know you had a burning comment or question. I promised you'd kick it off. It's all yours. All right. First of all, Ron just got a big award from Microsoft. He can explain that. And also, we should talk about what is the thing that he's doing for his clients that's so valuable today. All right. There you go, Ron. Let's have it. First, yeah. tell, us, tell us about the award you just won. Congratulations. And I know it's hot off the presses. Tell us what that's all about. Let me share a little bit about what we do so the award okay. kind of makes sure. a little bit more sense. Sure. But, you know, what we primarily do is help people, help companies get into the cloud, and specifically Microsoft's Azure. And we do that by uh, by working with them with strategic solutions like like remote workforce access, you know, helping employees access all their data and applications uh, at any time, anywhere, on any device. And we also help companies migrate from physical data centers to the cloud, and then uh, we also help out co- those companies with ongoing support with, with managed services. So uh, what, what has really contributed to our success is, is having the right partnerships with uh, best-in-class technologies like, like Microsoft and, and, and Citrix. And uh, the award we just won yesterday, matter of fact, is uh, uh, you know, out of about 100,000 Microsoft partners in the U.S., we were named 2020 U.S. Partner of the Year in Advisory Services, which is which is just has helped companies set strategic direction in their cloud strategy. So we're very proud of that. That was a big feather in our cap. And it takes years to develop those relationships and uh, and 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 track record to to win some of that. So I'm really proud of our team. Um, it, it's you know it takes it takes a lot of people. Uh, and a lot of projects to, to get that kind of recognition. And, 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 and the other big partner we work with is Citrix. And, and last year we won Citrix's U.S. Cloud Partner of the Year. And, and they, spec- they, they specifically work in the remote workforce technology. So those two partners have really helped us uh, be successful. And, and, and our key competitive advantage is those partnerships, and then, of course, you know, tying it together with, with great people that can deploy this stuff. And here you were on your business plan meeting with great success anyway, and along comes COVID-19. How, you know, it seems like you guys were really well positioned. Uh, you know, no one wants to be thankful for success as a result of a crisis like this. But nevertheless, it is what it is. The reality is what it is. You guys were in position. And, uh, and frankly, it's probably put some wind in your sails, I would guess. Yeah, I mean, um, it definitely changed the mix of what we do. So, uh, if 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 remote workforce services was forty percent of what we were doing at the beginning of uh, COVID, it's probably seventy percent of of what we're currently doing. So, it's a big pivot and shift because there is a quite a quite a bit of business we had that kind of was put on hold through this crisis as well. So. But it, it's kind of, kind of nice to be part of the solution when you're going through something like this and, you know, and help companies rapidly ramp into something that they, they really need. Because 
is all of a sudden overnight, their number one, or a lot of companies' number one priority became getting uh, their their people so they can work anywhere, right? And so break that down for us. Um, I, you're using a lot of big technical terms and everything and describing what you guys to, do. Uh, but for those of us who are, you know, in really, really small, early stage startup companies and everything else, what, what, give us some examples of the kinds of services that a company may take advantage of, say, for example, to enable and empower their remote workforce. What does that mean, really? What is it that you do? Yeah, well, for the last, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, right, you're, you're on a desktop personal computer and everything's right there. And over the last 10, 15 years, the trend has been taking that desktop and put it in, putting putting it virtually somewhere, so um, so you can access it wherever, whenever, however you want. So this this technology has been around for a long time, but um, but the, the user experience hasn't always been the same as as when you're typing on your laptop. So and that's changed in the, in the last three or four years. So so you can actually give people better experiences. Uh, in the cloud or remotely, then they can get on their on their laptops, and you can, and then and then the whole environment becomes a whole lot easier to scale, a uh, whole lot more reliable, and whole whole lot easier to upgrade and maintain. Mm-hmm. And what you know, as you look into your crystal ball, uh, are you as an entrepreneur? This is more of a personal question, but as an entrepreneur, when you get up in the morning, here you are, and everyone always wonders and dreams about, you know, having a successful business like you do and being in that position in life and so on. When you get up in the morning, is there still ambition to do more? What is it, you know, what is it that drives you at this point, having reached, you know, a a clear level of success? What is it now that drives you and gets you up every day? So I've always, um, I've always loved the technology and, uh, and kind of being on the front edge or bleeding edge of it. So, um, and then, you know, my start was in sales. So I, I was a sales guy who started the company. So very uh, growth orientated. I was the first and, and only sales rep for a couple years. And, uh, and then as you're getting things going, I, I think, I wanted to make it big enough so it was um, uh, so there wasn't as much drama as there is when you just start up. Mm-hmm. But what you find is, is, is the bigger it gets, there's just there's just different kinds of drama. Um, so that really didn't uh, um, it doesn't necessarily make things any easier uh, when you get a little bit bigger. But 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 if you can pull the right people together and uh, um, and the more mature your company is, you can really attract and, and, and form real good relationships with the people you work with. That becomes very rewarding. So it's mm-hmm. just uh, uh, becoming bigger and, and, and more successful lets you attract and, and, and keep and, uh, and really develop a culture that I, that, that I get up Monday morning and I, I want to go into the work to be at. not, you know, oh, it's, it's the weekend's over, you know. I got to hit that alarm a couple more times. Right, exactly. That's the difference right there. That's that's amazing. You know, and I and I kind of felt that about you as you were talking about your business and a little bit we had a chance to talk before the show. Um, you know, when you mentioned things like 
for me, what's exciting is going to people that I going to work with people that I admire and that I you know like and enjoy and so on. Um, those are interesting values to highlight, and uh, and it's interesting when I ask you about what the future holds. You didn't talk about making another billion dollars or you know whatever it may be as the key focus. Of course, that's always you know fun to chase, but you 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 talked about you know things that are um, you know more core human values, and uh, you know I love hearing that, especially in today's time that we live in. Uh, It's good to meet an entrepreneur who values the things that you do. And Ron, we really appreciate your story and we certainly applaud your success and congratulate you. And thank you for, you know, wish we had more time, but thank you for sharing the story uh, as you have on Startup Nation Radio today. Thanks, Jeff. And thanks, Norm, for having me on. Yeah. You have a great message and great success. Indeed. A good guy. One of the good guys who deserves it. Well, thank you again. And uh, Norm, we're going to bring up another guest and keep this train rolling toward entrepreneurial success, providing some information and some inspiration along the way as well, right here on Startup Nation Radio. Stick with us. Back in a moment with more. All right. Just heard from a very successful Highly deserving entrepreneur, Ron Lish. Norm, great guest. Thanks for bringing Ron on the show. Really great having him on. And to keep it rolling, Norm, we've got another great guest ahead now on Startup Nation Radio. We'll hear his story, how he got his company started, why, what the life of an entrepreneur is like to lead. Norm, take it away. All right. So remember a few weeks ago, Mike Cosgrove had gone in business with his mother. Paul Dieters went in business with his father but his wife, Marianne, and brothers. And uh, he and his father worked for a large company before, decided to go in business together. And it's an interesting story. How did they did it? do it? What are they doing? And how are they helping their clients? And the company is... Paul, Met- Jeff has great yeah. questions. <laughs> okay. Well, the company's Metro Signs, right, Paul? Welcome to Startup Nation Radio. That's correct. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, it's great having you on. So... How long have you been in business? 25 years. 25 years. My father and I purchased it from a business broker. How did that happen? I mean, you know, you and your dad are sitting around one day, kicking back, having a conversation. He said, let's go into business together. Or was this always a dream of yours? How did that happen? You know, it, 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 uh, it was a dream that, uh, that had uh, been in the back of our, our minds for a long time. Uh, we were both with companies that required us to move every couple of years. And uh, through fortune. Uh, we both happened to have been moved back to Detroit at the same time, and I grew up here uh, for part of the time I was here, and it was an opportunity for, for us to to establish some roots and to keep our family together. We love being in Michigan, and, uh, and so we started looking for uh, businesses. We just contacted a business broker and looked at a number of different types of businesses, and really through no rhyme or reason, we settled on a, uh, a 50-year-old sign company that was being sold by a third-generation owner. Now, you say, you say no rhyme or reason, but you picked, okay, why did you pick that company? What was it about that company that compelled you guys and said, that's right for us? Well, a, a couple of things. Uh, we, so, so we established a few criteria that we were looking for in the business that we were uh, going to buy. Uh, first and foremost, we wanted some growth potential. And, uh, and then the other thing that was important for us is that we wanted a customer base 
where there was no single client that represented more than 20% of that business's overall value. Mm, interesting. And we thought that was important just uh-huh. because of uh, that mitigated, in our minds, some of the disruption risk that yep. was been associated with an ownership change. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Because some of that, in other words, some of the leg of the accounts that you were picking up could be highly reliant upon legacy relationships. And here you buy the business, and if one of those clients is one of your big, you know, if they own it, if they represent a majority of revenue or some significant part of revenue, that's a big risk after the transition once you purchase it, right? Yes, sir. Okay. That's correct. So that's hey, important. Jeff, yeah, go ahead, Norm. And Paul, it's interesting to know what were you doing, what kind of business were you in before? You go buy this business that you have no expertise or knowledge necessarily in. How did you make that transition? I, I think it, it was a little daunting at first, especially going into a business that neither my dad nor I had any experience in. But, but really, business is business, and uh, and and being able to there's a lot of principles that carried over um, prior to to join this. I worked for a company that manufactured and distributed products to custom picture framing industry, mm. and it, it's a and it. It had started out in a garage, and the owner of that company grew it to uh, a worldwide company. And actually, just before I left, he wound up, he sold it to, uh, to Berkshire Hathaway. And, wow. Uh, it was sort of an inspiration for me to think about, gosh, is there a chance for me to create something um, that I might be able to pass on to my kids someday uh, or to build a team that would be a lot of fun to have and and an opportunity for our entire family to work together. You know, I got to say, Norm, what I pick up on that, it's really interesting. I know, uh, Paul, you just mentioned business is business, and that's true. But in small business, a lot of small businesses get their juice, if you will, because there's real unique expertise or capability in the vertical in which the business is operating. So you're in the sign business, you know, uh, I would think that someone who's really successful in the sign business is really good with the graphic arts, you know, has clever and creative ideas that are eye-catching, obviously. And this is all assumptions I'm making from the outside looking in, just, you know, based on uh, general experience. But, you know, and then, of course, there's all of the entrepreneur. you got to be able to operate the business effectively. you got to have good relationship skills and sales skills and all the rest. But it's amazing. Actually, I don't know a story like yours where the guys that got into the business and bought that business had no experience in the field whatsoever and, and, and were successful. I mean, clearly this demonstrates you guys were successful because of your entrepreneurial prowess. I mean, uh, if we had plugged that into some other vertical, uh, you likely would have had similar success, you know, and that's really interesting. What are some of the, so if that is indeed the case, as I'm uh, painting the picture here, what do you attribute your amazing growth going into a field you knew nothing about. How did you do this? How did you succeed at the levels at which you have? It, it, what was it that was the secret sauce? So I, I think a lot of it, Jeff, well, first of all, we're, we're very fortunate to have a tremendous customer base. Uh, and we, we've been very lucky uh, in that regard. But we tried to make sure that we take care of those clients. But, and we had a plan, a strategic plan of how we wanted to move forward. But we were always ready to adapt to market changes. And, um, you know, even just right now with uh, the upheaval in the retail marketing, commercial office space, uh, the world migration to, to going digital and, uh, and conversions to LED lighting, all of those things that have transpired just in the last few years have made a tremendous change to how we market and sell our products. 
And we've seen that over the, the course of the past 25 years and just trying to think about how do we respond to that and then also to, to develop a team of folks uh, who can able, enable us to respond to those things. Uh, my dad, neither my dad nor I were our graphic designers, but boy, we've, we've brought on some really talented people to help us with that and the production and the installation team. And it's been really fun for us to assemble that group. Uh, everybody here has a lot of autonomy to go and, and really focus on what they specialize in. And our job is really just to provide the resources for them and, and to help them get there. You know, one thing that I think is really cool about your business and, and about your success is that when you're successful at your business, say, unlike, and I'm just trying to pick an example, unlike, say, a, a cybersecurity solution, which is always there, fundamentally important, running all the time, really critical to business, but nonetheless kind of in the background. Uh, one really cool thing about your business is that, I mean, I'm looking at your website right now, which, by the way, I love. I think it speaks to the quality of your business all the way. But here, uh, you, you, you've got signs hanging on the likes of, you know, and I want you to tell us more, but, for example, Shinola. You know, here you took that product, you took that brand, you got to make a sign and hang it there, and that's your sign. You know, that's a sign you guys, your team, created and hung on that an amazing brand right there in Detroit. Everyone sees it. Uh, so it's, you know, it's one of those, it's one of those achievements in business that people can see and, you know, it, it, it's tangible in nature. And that's a really cool thing. You know, I did that. I did that. We made that one. We made that one. That's really fun. Tell us about some of the other signs you've made around town that we might notice. Well, thanks, Jeff. It, it is actually a lot of fun to drive around downtown. To tell you the truth, more often now uh, to drive downtown Detroit and to be a part of the resurgence that Detroit has experienced has been a lot of fun for us and our team. And we were able to do all of the LED lighting at the Renaissance Center, the, the big bands that change color and, and provide the graphics there, the, the, uh, the branding at uh, Greektown Casino. Uh, we've done things like uh, the, the scoreboards at Spartan Stadium. And, uh, and then just a number of retail outlets, things like the, the StockX sign and uh, and a number of others, the Hard Rock Cafe guitar when it, when it was here. So it's fun for our team to be able to go down there and, and see a number of things that we've been able to work on and to help our customers build their brands. You know, what's really exciting for us is that every day we come in and we get to work with entrepreneurs, people who are starting up businesses. And there's nothing more fun than talking to people who are excited to go to work every day. Yeah, that's and, cool. Uh, and these people are passionate about their brand, passionate about building a new business. There's a lot of energy with that, and that translates into our team. So every day we're, we're working on something different, and we're working with people that are just excited to see what we're going to produce for them. Ah, it's really exciting. And, you know, the other thing about it is you talk about these impassioned young or whatever they may be, entrepreneurs, young in ideas and in vision anyway. Um, they're putting their brand in your hands. There's a lot of responsibility that comes with that, too. Uh, a lot, right? I mean, I'm sure you feel that responsibility, of course. And, and you deliver. I know you feel that responsibility. But that's... Um, uh, you become an integral part of how people view their brand and their business. You bet, and, and we take that very seriously. And, and I think one of the things that we've tried to do to separate ourselves from the competition, you know, 
we have a, there are a lot of sign companies out there, um, and we had to try to find a way to differentiate ourselves. So one of the things that we do is we perform complementary, ongoing night audits of all of our customers' wow. signs and lighting. Wow! Just to make sure that the things that we've done continue to operate properly, so that they've got some peace of mind that that their brand is still working for them well after we've been there. Amazing. I want to underscore something you just said. We're going to have to run to a break really quickly, then we'll come back and finish up the show with you, uh, Paul. So just hang with us, Norm, hang with us. We're going to run to a break, and we'll be right back with more on Startup Nation Radio. Stick with us. All right, welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. Norm Pappas with us, as well as Paul Dieters from Metro Signs and Lighting, an amazing company right here in the Detroit region. We're hearing about his company, how, how they got started, his success, and so on. Paul, love your company, love what you're doing. Very interesting and compelling interview. Thanks to Norm again for bringing you on. And let me just ask you, I wanted to follow up to something you said right before the break. When I was going through the list of reasons why you were successful in the field where you had no experience prior to getting into that field, intuitively, I was saying to myself, I know this guy runs a ship where customer service is job one. I just felt that about you. I felt that about you. And then here you are telling me right before the break, and I wish we could have gone right to it, but let's hear about it now. I know, I just feel it. Customer service is important to you. Here you are doing night checks of your client's signs. That spells the difference, right? It, it does. It's, uh, it, it helps us uh, provide some peace of mind for our clients, uh, and, and especially now there's, there are a lot of uh, safety concerns now. A lot of our clients are, are property managers, banks, facility managers. They want to make sure that everything is well lit uh, to provide a safe environment for their clients. So those sorts of things not only provide peace of mind for our clients, but it also gives us an opportunity to assess additional opportunities either with those clients or others in the marketplace that we might be able to find as we're out doing that. And it just just continues to to bring new opportunities to the fold for us. Yeah. Amazing. Norm, I want to hand it to you. I know you've got some thoughts. So here's some lessons from Paul. I mean, one thing in buying the business, he wanted growth potential and he didn't want any customer being more than 20%. He wanted to build a team they're willing to adapt to the marketplace. He brought on talented people, and he's focused on what's his differentiation and providing service that maybe others aren't doing. Those are great lessons for anybody in business. From the professor himself, well said, Norman. I think you captured it, really. I, I think that really distills it down to what it's all about. Well, here you are. Sitting you know, in... one other thing. Yeah. Jeff, oh, okay, go ahead. That, that uh, Paul could talk about is, Working with his wife every day, working with his father, all that family business dynamics, that's another skill set. Okay, I wanted to get right into that. I'm glad you brought it up, Norm. I'm going to tee it off with this question, Paul. When you guys, you that being you and your dad, right, had that conversation, let's get into the business. You settled on this one. You picked this one for the reasons you did. It met the criteria you had on your checklist. Who was the boss? I know if I got into business with my dad, uh, you know, I think I know how that would play out. But who who was the boss? Was it the two of you at that point in life as contemporaries and peers? Or did one guy take more of a leadership role than the other? And if so, who was it? Well, Jeff, that was something that we wanted to make sure that we had a real good understanding on prior to getting into that. Not only what our roles were going to be, but the ownership and how it would transition um, 
you know, I, I know Norm has helped us with that and a number of other clients and that sort of thing too, because it just created some peace of mind for, for us as to how to how to go through that. We each identified our roles. Uh, my dad probably took more of the leadership role initially, and then as the company has has grown and, and matured, I've assumed more and more of that uh, role. Uh, but each of our family members has as an integral part of what we're doing today. And we all understand that each of us has to contribute, and we sort of all check our, our egos at the door each day just to make sure is that the most important thing is delivering for our clients, and anything else that gets in the way of that is really just noise. Why didn't you ask if Marianne was the boss, Jeff? <laughs> is that that, that well, must, we that all must know be she really is, Norm. And so I assume that's Paul's wife. Yes, that is correct. Yes. Yeah. And so tell us what. So does Mar- what's Marianne's role at the company? Marianne runs our service operation, so we, we split our company into a few different silos. Uh, she runs, it's a, it's a very important part of our division, growing very rapidly, uh, very challenging, uh, both in our, our office here in, in the Warren area, and we have one in Grand Rapids that we've added a few years ago. So there, there's a lot to try to bring those teams together, and, uh, and she, she does a terrific job of that for us. Where does a company like yours, you know, at this point, I asked the same question of our guest earlier, uh, Ron, here you are, you're sitting, you know, you've realized at least to some very meaningful and fundamental level, you've realized your dream of making a success out of this business. Where do you go from here? What keeps you going? What's important to you right now? Jeff, I I would say for us is to make sure that we don't get complacent. Uh, We've learned that, uh, I think that saying is that the more you learn about the business, the more you realize you don't know. Uh, that really is true. And uh, one of the things that we've tried to make sure is that our team is always learning, trying to adapt, and, and thinking about what does the next few years look like so that we're going to be able to, to continue to be relevant and the, and the company will be able to flourish for a long time. A lot of that has been for us is to try to think about how do we lean on uh, suppliers, partners, industry associations, that enable us to somewhat reduce that learning curve that we continue to go through every day um, and mitigate some of the risks as we move forward, particularly in this environment with COVID, uh, trying to think about what can we do to to make sure that we're being more efficient and more prudent about the way we continue to bring new products and services to the market. Mm -hmm. I think Paul should be a professor. Really? When he's done with his regular business. If he's ever done with his business. Why do you say that, Norm? Well said. Why do you say that? Because he's, he's uh, giving methods of staying in business, differentiating, and then looking to the future. I mean, he's uh, eloquent, maybe. Hmm. Well, I, I, I agree. I agree completely. I don't know. Any, any ambitions to be a professor, Paul? No, I've got my hands full yes. of this right okay, now. Okay, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. But it's exciting. Well, let's talk about when we talk about the future. Here you are. You've gone into business with your parents, your wife, or your father, your wife. Uh, what about the next generation? One of the things we're considering now uh, are, are we have three sons. Uh, they're either in college or, or recently out of school. Uh, the two older ones are in the marketplace working for other companies right now. Our intent was for them to go out and, and work somewhere else for a few years uh, so their name isn't on the door, so to speak, and prove themselves and uh, should they decide to, to enter our business afterwards, um, 
we'll entertain that discussion at, at that point. Uh, it's open for them. It's something that Marianne and I have, tr- have tried to make sure that we make available to our sons, but uh, really want to make sure that it's a good fit for them and that they have some experience doing other things prior to that. We have enough of a, a broad team here, Jeff, is that I, I'm confident that whether it's our boys or the other staff that we have or a combination thereof, that the company is going to be able to thrive for a long time. We have some really talented people here who are very fortunate. That's beautiful. You know, I love, uh, this is more comment about parenting. I have young kids of my own and always think about their futures, of course. And, you know, the fact that you're giving them the freedom to pick and choose their course and path in life and uh, should they choose to be with you, their value will be greater and their experience will be greater and the more they'll appreciate that opportunity and, and make the most of it. I think that's just a, a great thing to see and to hear uh, from a father. So uh, I applaud that and respect that greatly. Uh, Norm, there were some great lessons to learn from Professor Paul on this show. That's for sure, right? Yes. They have a, a good business and he has a good way of keeping his people focused and happy. It's an amazing company. Great story. Paul, if people want to find you, Metro Signs and Lighting, uh, is it MetroDetroitSigns.com? Yes, that'd be fine. They can look there. Okay, great. Listen, continued. Good luck. Thanks for helping beautify our local region with those amazing signs you guys create, and uh, we wish you continued great success. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. And Norm, great show. You're on a roll, Norm. Great show. Really great. Both guests, amazing people, great success stories. Thank you, Norm. Two very good stories. You're right. Yep, absolutely. Hey, listen, if you can't get informed and inspired by what we just laid down, uh, maybe you ought to look at something else. But if you heard this edition of Startup Nation Radio, uh, you're well-equipped and hopefully sufficiently inspired to go out there to uh, now. Now it's your turn to go out there and make it your success. All right, thanks. We'll be back next week with another great edition of Startup Nation Radio. The preceding program was furnished by Startup Nation Media Group.